Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business podcast, and I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing, you've been liking, but here's one thing I want to be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms, so it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast. Just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. Hey, my name is Chris Williams, and you are now listening to the Grow Your Side Business Podcast. I help ambitious employees grow a profitable side business. If you haven't had an opportunity yet, go check out growyoursidebusiness.com where we've got all the content, the tips, the strategies, and more. You're in the right place at the right time, and we're here to help you grow a serious profitable side business. Let's listen to today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Grow Your Side Business Show. Listen, um, today we are on the road, and who you're going to hear from today is somebody who I not only respect, but I also see as a uh, rule breaker for good reason. Someone who is uh, leading to the beat of his own drum. But guess what? A lot of people are following that drum beat. Um, the gentleman you're going to hear from is not only a uh, a leader in network marketing, but he done something that I haven't seen anybody else do. He built an entire wonderful business within the industry and then decided to pivot and go, well, why don't I start helping the entire industry? And ever since he started 35 years ago, he's been able to build an actual system, training, books, and all types of stuff that has been able to help not only just people from where he came from, but also people from all over the world. Ladies and gentlemen, the first day I met this gentleman, it was quite interesting. We had a face-to-face. I'd never met him before, had a chance to sit in front of him. And the first 10 minutes of conversation with him, I realized he was an honest man. He was very clear with me. And he was very direct. He had no problem looking me in the eye and being honest. And I thought, this guy's got my respect. He and his wife, Marina, just two powerhouse couples that I honestly feel like I will know for the rest of my life and take great cues from. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome today, Eric Worre of an incredible, incredible company, the Eric Worre Program. Man, how are you, sir? I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you came to my house. <laughs> Absolutely. We can make this work. That's right, man. Um, it's It's been about a year in the making. Yeah. Um, And I want to get right to it because there's some things that I realize that you as head of GoPro, uh, the accelerator group, the guy who's done all the stuff backwards and forwards and seen it 10 times over in network marketing industry, there's still a lot of wonder about the industry. There's yeah. wonder of, well, Eric, why would you still do this? You've got your business. Why would you still care 35 years later into this industry? We're going we're gonna to talk about all that. But here's where I'd like to start. Hmm. Um. When you think about where you are today, and a lot of times, just like sports people, right, there's these pivotal moments that they have in their career. There's like something that happened, a particular trade or a particular quarterback showed up or whatever the case may be. Give me one of the most pivotal turning points in your career that really is why you are where you are today. So many of them, and uh, nice to talk to your audience. Nice to talk to you, as always. 
so many, as you look back at these defining moments that shape a life, you don't really know which ones are the big pivotal, pivotal ones until you move on. Mm-hmm. And you look back and you go, oh, that was a big one. Uh, so you kind of always have to try and treat them all as, as good as you can. Mm-hmm. So over time, compounded, it's going to work out for you. But early on, I had the gift of desperation starting off. I, I grew up without much uh, adversity in my life. Uh, didn't do much with it. Barely escaped high school. Went to one trimester community college. I had 18 jobs by the time I'm 23 years old and okay. bounced around, right? Yeah. Uh, and then I got introduced to network marketing. And and I needed money like oxygen at the time. Mm. And I saw an opportunity to be able to make some money. I was hoping to get something for nothing, you know, hoping... Yeah, like a lot of people do, treat it like a lottery ticket and make some money. Um, and I did for a couple months. I was in the right place at the right time. Companies hopping, a lot of things going on, a lot of momentum. And I went full-time right away and everything fell apart right away. And probably one of the key, outside of getting introduced to this profession, just talking business-defining moments, right? Outside of getting introduced, probably the best thing that ever happened to me is being full-time, everything falling apart, and having nowhere to go. Because mm. if I would have had options, if I could have earned some other way, if I could have paid the bill some other way, if I could avoid this pain, this thing was emotional, it was difficult, it was challenging. Mm-hmm. If, I, if somebody would have knocked on my door and said, I'll, I'll give you a job right now for life, security, benefits, all of that, I'd have taken it. Really? Yeah, but nobody knocked. So I think that's like God looking out for me, keeping, keeping those distractions away from, from my door. So the only place I could go to make money was what I was mad at, which was network marketing and, and network marketing. I could go hustle and see if I can't make something of it. So I hustled, I started, you know, that was a big one, but I, I, I would say I was kind of a poser for about three years and then finally got through my thick skull to be a professional. Hmm. Um, you use one term when you did the introduction and not to correct you, but, but just to give you a, a, an adjustment. Mm-hmm. One thing that I, 14 years ago when I started um, training for the whole profession is everybody use industry, 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 industry. We're not really an industry, at least from a distributor perspective. For the company's perspective, we're a dis- distribution channel. Mm-hmm. That's what we are. But, for the distributor perspective, for the side hustle perspective, for the building a business from home perspective, we're a profession. So instead of industry, I just have you replace profession for industry every time when you think about that. Mm-hmm. And because it's more about a career, it's about a profession. Nobody, how many, up until we started talking about it, it's like 15 years ago, people didn't think of their involvement in network marketing as a career. Mm. It was like a side hustle. Right. It wasn't a profession, like right. a doctor, or a lawyer, right. or an engineer or something. It was, you know, this project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got over here. Um, so when I when I decided three and a half years in to just say, you know what, I'm going to be a professional. I'm I'm going to learn this so good that I'm best in the world, not just in my head, but in practice. And I'm going to release all of the my expectations and blame and everything else. I'm going to take responsibility for my life. 
and I'm going to grow. That was when, you know, kind of, I grew up three and a half years in three and a half years of being full-time, barely pay, paying the bills. Mm. Then when I said, okay, I'm going to go pro fear left my body. I had a plan. I moved forward and it wasn't, it didn't take long for results to show up. Interesting. So you talked about these, uh, few years you felt as a poser. Uh-huh. Um, tell everybody where you grew up and what contributed to this feeling of being a poser early on? Well, I grew up in Minnesota, central part of the United States, cold country. Mm -hmm. uh, my father was a pastor. Uh, he, he was always kind of scrambling, hustling, figuring out ways to buy and sell cars and do stuff to be able to uh, take care of the family. Never took a salary from the church. Uh, did all this stuff. So I, I, always kind of a hustle culture, mm -hmm. you know, uh, garage sale culture, discount bargain bin culture, mm -hmm. yeah. all you can eat buffet culture. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so growing up in that, I, I always wanted more, but I lacked the discipline hmm. of being able to go get more. So I had some, if you think of your brain like being programmed like a computer, I had some viruses in my brain. Uh, one virus was um, I was a professional blamer. Hmm. I didn't take responsibility for anything. I, I could justify, I could blame, I could point fingers, I could make people think it wasn't my fault for sure. Two, I'd, I wanted people to pay me more and then I'd work harder. Wow. Hmm. And and uh, you can guess how that worked out. <laughs> um, and the third thing is I, I would, I'd rather get away with something than earn it. Mm, talk more about that. What does that mean? It was more fun to sneak into a movie theater than to buy a ticket. Wow. It was more fun just for the adventure of it to get away with it um, than to actually just do it. Mm. So it was, I wanted the result without, without giving what I needed to give inside of the equation. So I brought all of that programming in when I started, went into business for myself and imagine those three characteristics of a person. Wow. And can you win? Mm -hmm. And here's the truth inside of a corporation, inside of a business, you can have all kinds of those things and you can, you can hide inside of a company for 20, 30 years and be a professional blamer and, it, and, and you'll be fine. That, you might, you might actually get rewarded. You will actually get rewarded. Not, a, not always, <laughs> not always, but a lot of times yeah. if you got to play politics, yeah. right. Um, you can get away with stuff. You can get a, you could talk your way into a promotion. Yep. You know, you can go hide in that cubicle. Don't raise your hand too much. Don't, don't uh, put yourself at risk. Don't, extend yourself too much. Don't make yourself too visible. And you can hide inside of a lot of companies, but in network marketing specifically or in entrepreneurship specifically, um, you can't hide. No, there, there's no hiding. <laughs> uh, I found myself, you know, my first three or four months into, into my network marketing experience, everything fell apart and I wanted to quit and I couldn't because there's no place to go really. Mm -hmm. And I, everything in me wanted to blame everybody, 
Blame the company, blame the people who brought me in, blame the product, blame the compensation structure, blame Minnesota, blame the weather. I wanted to blame everything. Blame my upbringing. Nobody gave me a chance. I don't have a college degree. I wanted to blame all of it. Mm -hmm. So once I was done blaming, I was still sitting there and my business hadn't moved. You know what I mean? Right. And, and you can imagine joining network marketing with this virus that I'd rather get away with something and earn it going, Oh, I can maybe bring a bunch of people and they'll go do the work for me. Right. Oh, that, that might be great. I can build a team. <laughs> I get to build a team of people doing that stuff. And I found out that it was going to be on me. It was like a big, huge mirror, you know, entrepreneurship was to yeah. me and uh, my stories, my excuses, my viruses, all of that stuff, I had to learn to, to work harder first and then get paid after, get, get increase in pay after. I learned I'd rather earn it than get lucky, you know? Uh, I learned all of these different things. I had to take responsibility no matter what because uh, blame is a dead-end street. I mean, there's no, there's no future in, in anybody blames something else or someone else yeah. for their lack of success or happiness. So, um, so yeah, that, that's where I came from and... I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for entrepreneurship and network marketing specifically in my case, because it forced me to become who I was supposed to become Yeah. when I could have hidden inside of some corporate, corporate job or something. Man. Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business podcast. And I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing. You've been liking. But here's one thing I want to be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms. So it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast. Just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. Hey, are you working your day job and you find yourself successfully discontent? Yeah, that's right. You got the house, the car, the money, the title, but there's still something missing. Well, guess what? You're not by yourself. And in fact, I found myself there and there are thousands of others just like you, probably sitting in the cube next to you or on your on their way to work just like you are. Well, listen, I decided to create a community. That's right. I have a free newsletter that speaks directly to us. It is called Successfully Discontent. Go to SuccessfullyDiscontent.com right now. It's free. It's a free newsletter. You'll get it every single week. Tips, tricks, strategies, information for those of us who have found ourselves achieving the most in corporate America, but also successfully discontent. Go to successfullydiscontent.com right now. That's successfullydiscontent.com right now. What are you waiting on? Go ahead and go there right now. Grab your phone, go to your browser on your iPad or whatever your mobile device is, wherever you listen to this and go right now to successfullydiscontent.com. Let's get back to the episode. And so- you spoke about your father being a pastor. Yeah. But you also saw him, you know, what I would imagine that he'd preach on Sunday mm -hmm. and he's got to go to work Monday through Friday. He would, he would hustle, actually. He was hustle, hustle culture. You know, so he was like, I, he's probably bought and sold a thousand cars in my lifetime. Wow. Um, he currently, he's, uh, 81 years old in a couple months and he buys used books like at uh, Goodwill et cetera, yeah. and sells them on Amazon. He really? makes about a thousand dollars a week doing that. 
It's uh, still in him. Always <laughs> hustle, hustle, hustle. Find a way. Yeah. You know, uh, we 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 heated our house with wood. You know that, like like literally chopping wood, mm -hmm. stacking wood, throwing it in the, in furnace. the furnace. Yeah. Everybody else in the whole neighborhood is heating their house with you know whatever normal wow. stuff, and I'm stacking wood. I still have psychic damage about that. Uh, <laughs> but he always just found a way. Just, just mm. scrappy, find a way, you know, move forward. And he's still, still that way to, to this day. You know, pastors tend to have um, uh, a difficult time because they are doing what they feel they're called to do mm -hmm. by God, which is to lead, preach God's word. Mm -hmm. um, but when the ends don't necessarily meet, mm -hmm. they might have to go do some other things to make money, mm -hmm. Right. You mentioned your dad never took a salary from the church. Right. So what were some of the things that you took away from his ability to hustle and find a way, his ability to communicate from a pulpit? What things in the way that he presented himself to you every day, just as a father that really stood out to you that you found to be uh, a blessing kind of in disguise? Well, like I say, growing up, I always wanted, I got the biggest fight I ever got in my life with him is when I was growing up, just to tell you my age, what you had to have was Levi's red tag jeans. And okay. if you didn't have Levi's red tag <laughs> jeans, you were out of the circle. <laughs> okay. Um, so he, he one, one day he brought home 10 pair of rustler irregulars, 10 pair. And, and he wouldn't buy those Levi's red tag jeans because it was $22 to buy a pair of those jeans. And that's ridiculous for a pair of jeans. So, and I'm like, dad, you just don't get it. He bought me like 10 pair for 30 bucks <laughs> that I won't ever want to wear right. ever. Um, and, and we got in this big fight. Um, but again, could I have done something about it? Nope. I'd rather blame the situation. Right. Could I, could I have gone to work and bought my own jeans? Nope. I had this little entitlement going on inside of me. You know, mm -hmm. could I study more and got better grades and, and, create I, I had nothing to blame when it came to uh that was real when it came to my lack of opportunity mm -hmm. or my my availability to opportunity so i blamed that for a while you know what which it wasn't real mm -hmm. but i guess what i saw from him my my dad and my mom both i mean if you ever meet them they'll adopt you in one second <laughs> they're amazing people they kind of live their spiritual walk. I mean, they're, they're the kind of people who visit people in the hospital when other people don't okay. just, yeah. just, just because, yeah. um, I, I, I think what I learned probably most business wise from them is how to treat people. And there's always a way mm. there's always a way you, yeah. can, you can get scrappy. You can mm -hmm. do whatever you need to do. You can find a way yeah. to get something done. Yeah. Let's, let's dive into, um, Network marketing as a profession, because mm -hmm. my audience and the people who are going to watch this interview are going to be like, what in the world are you talking about? Oh, right. What, like, wait a second. This nonsense. Yeah. This, this guy, you mean to tell me the guy that I've seen on the, like him, you mean Eric, War that guy, that's they won't know who I am at all. They might. They you might. Think? I, I think, I think it. they might. So let's, let's talk about this, 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 in, the, the, the profession of network marketing as it stands today. Mm -hmm. If you were giving the address <laughs> to the industry right now, 
what would be some of the things that you would be sharing to everyone in the industry who needs to understand where we are right now as a profession? Well, let me, I'll start with the positive, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll go to the negative no side problem. of network marketing. Um, network marketing as a profession, as a distribution channel, does approximately $200 billion a year in revenue. Mm -hmm. The NFL does, I think, $12 billion. Mm. Network marketing as a profession does $200 billion. It pays out about $200 million in commissions to the distributors around, around the world every single day. $200 million every day. There's about $120 million or so involved in a little side hustle, you know, varying degrees of success. Mm -hmm. There's a very low price of entry. There's a high potential return, but not everybody... Anybody can, but not everybody will, right. you know, succeed inside of this profession. Um, companies provide a tremendous amount of support. People can do it with the flexibility around their life without a lot of experience. They can learn as they go. A lot of benefits. Mm -hmm. Okay. Equal opportunity across the board. The downside to network marketing is mostly self-inflicted. If anybody's listened to this, they've been, they've been approached at some point from some amateur involved in network marketing, so excited, like a little <laughs> puppy running around the house, peeing in every corner. <laughs> uh, and, and what people do inside of network marketing that, that unfortunately gives it uh, a, a reputation of sorts is people say they overhype the products. It cures this and it cures that okay. and it fixes this and fixes that. And they just overhype. If you take a look at what a typical pharmaceutical company, they run their ad on television. There's a lot of disclaimers. Yeah. Uh, network marketers don't put the disclaimers out there on any of the stuff. They just, they overstate everything. Mm -hmm. And then they overstate the opportunity that everybody's winning. It's fast. It's easy. The product sells itself. You don't hardly have to do anything. Just join before the next guy, you know, comes in. All this amateur talk. So they, both of those things are irresponsible to give people the impression that it's free money. There's something for nothing. It's not. It's, it's hard work building a business. And they give the perception that the product is, does more than, than they advertise it to do more then maybe they should advertise it to do, regardless of their personal results. Yeah. And they think, well, if I got this result, I should be able to tell everybody. Well, that's not responsible. Sorry. Just because one person takes a pharmaceutical drug and they get a particular result, that doesn't mean that company can say it cures that thing for everybody. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of crazy claims because people can get involved for almost no money. Mm -hmm. So they get involved, they start a side hustle, and they go out there and they run off at the mouth and they're inappropriate and handing out business cards at funerals and, you know, doing, every, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Hey, I got this thing. Come on over to my house. Wink, wink. You know, right. all of a sudden the, the flip, you know, the, the whiteboard yeah, shows up. Now we're doing a presentation. They start drawing circles <laughs> and people go, no, 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 no. So the good and the bad, the good is professions for real. It's not going anywhere. It uses word of mouth advertising and, and it does a great job to educate consumers. Um, the challenging part is, is the catch is if you get involved in it, you're going to be judged a bit for a period of time from people who don't understand the, the reality of the profession. Yeah. Okay. So inside of all of that, 
the best thing that that network marketing provides as a side hustle, and that's what most people, it's become real trendy since the the uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. People look, at, can I yep. work from home? Can I have a side hustle? Right. Well, think about all the side hustles. You know what, drive Uber? Okay, drive Uber. If you're not driving, how much are you making? Nothing. Zero. If you want to, I have a relative who, who knits scarves and hats and little kitten mittens and stuff like that and sells them on Etsy. And if she doesn't knit that stuff and put it on Etsy, is she making any money? Nope. Not making any money. No scale, no nothing. We want to be a graphic designer. Oh, I'm going to design websites. All right. I'm going to learn how to do that. If you're not designing, are you making any money? No. You're trading time for money. And you have to spend half of your time getting the next client or keeping the client that you had, right? Mm-hmm. So they traded a job working for somebody else for a job working for themselves. They don't have a business. Huh. They think they have a business. Right. They have the benefits, tax benefits of having a business, but they really just have a job. You know, and if you want to understand if you have a job or a business, pull yourself out for 90 days, 100%, do zero. And if your your income goes down a little bit or a lot, if your business goes down a little bit or a lot, you do not have a business. You have a job. Okay? So what network marketing can provide for some that choose to do it is you can turn it into a business where you can get scale, where you can reach across the country around the world, where you can get a a lot of people doing a little bit instead of you doing a lot and start to have some leverage and have some scale. And I think for all business people, you need to look at where can I get leverage? Where can I get scale? So it's not all about me. Yeah. It's pretty powerful when you actually find leverage. Yeah. It's a very powerful moment. If you find leverage and no matter what it is that you're doing, it leverage applies everywhere. It's a universal principle. The moment you can find it, it's, it's kind of amazing. You know, you you spoke on just, you know, the, the, the things that you see that are the upside and the downside of network marketing, but you know, there's a lot of people who don't even understand the, the way network marketing even came to be. Oh, what is it? Yeah. They don't even understand it. So give people an understanding of like, let's go back to why companies like, you know, the targets and everyone else of the world would find people in network marketing to be somewhat of a threat somewhat because they realize. I well, I don't know if they're a threat, but they're definitely a just different distribution. A channel. different distribution let's, channel. Let's take this bottle of water as an example. Um, let's say that this is has some healthy water, right? Not just regular water, but it's like super ionized, oxygenated, uh, antioxidant water. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's clinical studies that show that you drink this water, it's going to help you. It's going to, you know, benefit your life. You're going to have more energy. You're going to sleep better, whatever. We have all, all this clinical documentation. They take that product and they put it on a shelf in target. By itself. Mm-hmm. Is it going to sell? Probably not. Probably not. No. Somebody's got to educate. Yeah, All the stuff I just said. Right. <laughs> somebody has to educate. So you you either have to run ads, very expensive, online or tr- through traditional media. Yeah. You have to fight inside of the, the targets to get the right shelf space. Yep. Because eye level costs a whole lot more than way up at the top and at the bottom. Yep. <laughs> you got to pay for a lot of marketing and distribution. What network marketing companies do is they just say, this product needs to be educated and word of mouth advertising is probably better than traditional advertising. So 
we'll take the money that we would have spent in traditional distribution and marketing and advertising, and we will give it to people instead and let them go educate the world. So typically, let's say that's 35% or so. Okay. Um, some companies a little bit more, but let's say 35%. We're going to take 35% of 35 cents out of every dollar that gets sold here. And we're going to let you market this. Go, go to, go to the people that you know and say, Hey, you know, let me tell you about this water. Let me show you a video about this water. Mm -hmm. Let me have you try this water, you know, try, try it for three days and tell me what you think. You know, if you like it, great. I can get you an unlimited supply. I'm your guy. I'll connect you to the company. Company will ship it right to you. I'm out of the equation. I get a piece for creating a new customer. The company will pay me happily because it's kind of commission only. Right. I don't have any salaries. Right, right. Nothing. I'm a 1099 guy. Yeah. But then the companies give me the ability to build a team as much as I want to build a team. Okay. As big as I want to build. I can recruit and duplicate that process. Like when I was in the field building, I built teams over 500,000 people. Wait a minute. Time out. In 63 <laughs> countries. 500,000 yeah. people in 63 countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many years did that take you to do? Uh, five, six, seven. Seven, seven. You do realize that some people can't build customer bases that big. No, I understand. But, but here's, here's the thing. <laughs> Let's say, you know, I bring in three, four, five hundred 500 people that I get connected. And I go to work with them. Mm -hmm. Let me show you how to sell. Let me show you how to recruit yourself. Mm -hmm. Let me show you how to duplicate the process. Let me show you how to be a good leader. Everybody's selling. Nothing happens unless the sale happens. I don't get paid at all if I recruit. I only get paid when the product moves mm -hmm. to a consumer. Okay? So I build this whole network of people. And a lot of them don't do that much because it costs them nothing to, to become, you know, a partner or affiliate or distributor or whatever you're going to call it. Cost them nothing, basically nothing to do that. Uh, so a lot of people don't do anything. Few people do, a lot of people do a little bit and a few people do a lot. Mm -hmm. And I can kind of go as high as I'm going to go. Now, I don't get paid the same amount when I go sell it to you as if somebody in my organization goes and sells it to somebody else. Right. I get paid a little bit less, but I get scale. I can have people in other countries. I can have people in other states. I can have people in other languages that are building with or without me. Some don't even know my name, but somehow they're connected to me. You know, mm -hmm. can you kind of imagine yeah. how this works? Yeah. So the company's paying out a pretty much a fixed amount. It's all only on performance. They don't pay a penny more than performance. Hmm. So if, if their product sells, they're happy to pay that money. They don't care who gets it. Right. And they don't care who gets how much they get. You know, I made a million dollars a year or more many, many, many years inside of network marketing. Um, if you make a million dollars a year working for a corporation. They love you. Nope. They're going to have meetings about you. Really? A hundred percent. Why would they have meetings about me if I'm making a million dollars a year? Because who, I'm helping the company. Who, who deserves a million dollars a year in a corporate job? Okay. They're going to say, is, is Chris really worth a million? Hmm. Or can we get four of him for 250000 Hmm. 
Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business podcast, and I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing, you've been liking, but here's one thing I want to be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms, so it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast. Just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. Hey, are you working your day job and you find yourself successfully discontent? Yeah, that's right. You got the house, the car, the money, the title, but there's still something missing. Well, guess what? You're not by yourself. And in fact, I found myself there and there are thousands of others just like you, probably sitting in the cube next to you or on your on their way to work just like you are. Well, listen, I decided to create a community. That's right. I have a free newsletter that speaks directly to us. It is called Successfully Discontent. Go to successfullydiscontent.com right now. It's free. It's a free newsletter. You'll get it every single week. Tips, tricks, strategies, information for those of us who have found ourselves achieving the most in corporate America, but also successfully discontent. Go to successfullydiscontent.com right now. That's successfullydiscontent.com right now. What are you waiting on? Go ahead and go there right now. Grab your phone, go to your browser on your iPad or whatever your mobile device is, wherever you listen to this and go right now to successfullydiscontent.com. Let's get back to the episode. So you probably have in your 35 years experienced some of this, these moments where. No, I'm not. Now, inside of network marketing companies, they don't mind. Right. I'm talking about traditional companies. Tradition, yeah, traditional companies. Tradition, yeah. Traditional companies are going to have a meeting about you. Especially, anybody been in sales or been in distribution or built a team or whatever. There is such a thing as making they're too much gonna, money. They're going <laughs> to cut your territory. Yeah. They're going to cut yeah. your commission. They're going to restructure yeah. something. There's only so much they're going to let you make. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're just not going to let you make that, that yeah. much. Inside of network marketing, they don't care. You're kind of almost like advertising. The more you make, fine. You, you want to make a million a year inside of network marketing? They'll give you awards. They'll love you for it. Where versus a corporate job, they'll be having meetings and saying, you know, we got we to gotta talk about this. Yeah. This is too much. Why do you think that is such a difference? What do you when, mean? when you could take the same person... They could be working corporate, making good money, doing well for the company. Yeah, yeah. And now it's a problem. But then here's the thing. Because there's no base in network marketing, there's no top. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. gotcha. So okay. It's, even if it's pure, pure commission inside of a corporate thing, you got other political issues. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but here's the thing. They lay out the compensation plan, say, pull out as many dollars as you can out of this compensation plan. It's all performance-based. You build a big team. You create a lot of sales. We're going to pay you. The the computer program can't tell. It's going to kick out a commission based upon how the compensation plan is laid out. But now you work for some corporation and the corporation's CFO is getting paid $220,000 a year. Okay. And you crush. They they give you an opportunity. You crush. You're making $800,000. That CFO has got to look at that check. Yeah, he's a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> every time <laughs> and he's yeah. gonna they're gonna have meetings they're gonna sit around yeah. and say is the, will if we cut him to 600 is he gonna quit probably mm. not, probably not mm. we cut him to 400 is he gonna quit where's he gonna go 400 is a lot of money you know what i mean yeah so there's some, certain companies that 
that just is what it is. I mean, like Wall Street may be a little bit different, you know. They they want to yeah, have those high to, yeah. flyers, the big <laughs> yeah. bonuses, and all that yeah. stuff. But there's an awful lot of churn through through that machine as well. Um, a lot of people don't last there very long because of the the stress. That, yeah. If, if you're making a million, try and take a month off. Not gonna happen. No. It's not gonna happen at all. I mean, you you try you slow down at all. The, the, the treadmill speeds up and mm -hmm. up and up and up and up and up and up inside of a corporate structure. Yeah. Anybody listening knows what I'm talking about. I mean, here, I build a team. And if I do nothing for five years and that my team's still producing, they'll pay me. And they're not going to stop paying me because I stopped working. There you Sh go. Show me. <laughs> show me. That's true. Where that exists. It just doesn't. It doesn't exist. So, I mean, this is kind of like the best kept secret in the world. You, if you find a good company and and you have the chops to be able to be enough of a leader to attract and mm -hmm. grow a team, mm -hmm. you can write your own ticket. So, um, I want to walk through, because I, I hear you, and this this is awesome, but there are people who are hearing you right now going... But yeah, I still got a few objections. I want to walk Bring through him. some of the objections yeah, yeah, that sure. most people would would have issues with. Yep. So let's start with the big one and let's get the big one out the way. Hmm. Most people are afraid, Eric, that this is a pyramid scheme. It sounds too good to be true, Eric, that somebody could be making four to $500,000 a month yeah. and building these large teams and actually also changing lives. Yeah. Eric, what are you talking about? This does not sound like what... Because I've been working hard 20 years in my corporation, and I have yet to find that thing that apparently is over here in this network marketing profession. Yeah, well, I, I described why the companies will pay you that much, first of all. And I, I hope you heard me when I said the distributors don't do themselves any favors by promising the moon to everybody mm -hmm. and overstating all of it. But the, the reality of, if you, if you look at what a pyramid scheme is, Bernie Madoff. Yeah. Bernie Madoff pretended to trade stocks, never really did. He had his initial investors who wanted their returns, and he was constantly bringing in new investors and taking the, the money from those new investors and paying that as a return to the older investors. Mm -hmm. There wasn't really a product exchange. There was nothing happening. There was nothing moving to a customer. There's no value being created. That's the pyramid scheme. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if you had an organization inside of network marketing that was building recruiting people and rewarding people just for recruiting people. And mm -hmm. the more you recruited, it was going to happen. You would be a pyramid scheme mm -hmm. and you use that money to pay the people at the top, which is another myth, by the way, we'll get to that. Um, that's not what happens here. The only time a legitimate company, and are there some that come in and are illegitimate in every profession? Yes. Some, mm -hmm. some bad actors come in, they get eliminated very quickly right. inside of network marketing. Regulators are very tight make sure that people don't overstate. But nothing happens unless a product is sold to a customer. When a product is sold, that triggers a commission. And it pays based upon the compensation structure, pays to the person who made the sale, paid to the organization that they're part of, right? You know, not infinitely, mm -hmm. but, you know, within some, based upon however the compensation structure works within that company. So you cannot... Uh, succeed in the network marketing profession by hurting somebody else. It's impossible. Can't do it. Uh, you, in, in Wall Street, it's a win-loss thing. You, you, Absolutely, you get a, every day. You, you, you get a winner, you get a loser. 
or you're, or in, in small business, you're getting a client, losing a client here. Only way you're going to win is if you help somebody else win. And if you have a product that you believe in, you're great. If you don't have a product you believe in, or that really is a value to people, you won't last. Okay. Yeah. So that's the, as far as the pyramid thing, it's, product sales to a consumer. I get the perception because that's how the amateurs present it. Mm. You know, come on in, get a team underneath you and then you don't have to do anything. Right. It's yeah. going to be amazing. Entrepreneurship's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, building a team's hard. Recruiting people's hard. Uh, even recruiting people that have a, a negative perception of network marketing is hard. Yeah. You know, uh, still worth it. <laughs> it's still worth it. And to the idea that only people at the top make money, it's a complete myth. Now, in a pyramid, that's true. The early investors, get they get a return on their money. The later investors don't. Mm-hmm. But inside of network marketing, I know, and I'm sure you know a lot of people, that they have people in their organization making more than they're making. Absolutely. How is that possible? <laughs> because the compensation structure is, is made fairly. Or the other perception is that you have to be early in one of those things. Yeah. And that's also, I will tell you, there's, there's people who join companies that are 20, 30 years old and have faster success and more predictable success than joining in that first year. Cause it's tough when a company's early, Yeah, they got to go through a lot of trials and tribulations mm-hmm. in order to be able to get to 30 years. So yeah, if you're, if you got thick skin and you get involved early, yeah, timing could be good. Maybe you're involved in some middle stage. Maybe you're involved in a legacy company that's been around 20, 30, 40 years. In any of those cases, it's still about you and about what you're going to do. Take a look at that compensation structure. Can I take these products and can I market them to the world? Can I build a team doing the same thing? Can I be a good leader? You know, I don't have to have all the infrastructure in order to be able to do it. But, you know, that covers some of it. It's, you know, the, the pyramid thing, are there pyramid things that show up? Yes. Are they eliminated? Yes. Um, well, people- speak to this because yeah, this ahead. is this is one of those issues. Sure, one of the other objections would be Eric. Hey, listen, man, it's regulators, and every time we turn around, there's another situation going on. Eric, there's this site that's saying this about this new regulation, mm-hmm. and these tight these things are getting tighter. Eric, how am I going to make money? You're talking about network marketing, specifically? yeah, network marketing specifically. You know, it's funny. Um, the regulators have actually been pretty slow in regulating the network marketing profession. Really? Yeah, really. Network marketers have been operating in the wild, wild west for way too long. They've been out there over-promising the opportunity, over-promising the products, and it's been irresponsible for forever. And they've lived in this little fringe over here that regulars have other stuff to deal with. And now regulars are saying, hey, no, 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 no. You got to be responsible. Come on. You can't mislead the consumer. That, that's on the opportunity side and on the product side. That's not okay. If you do that, you're going to get fined. If, you, if you're egregious with it, we're going to shut you down. Okay? And the network marketers will say, what? This is crazy. I can't believe they're doing this. This is so unfair. <laughs> yeah. Run a little, go Google how much regulatory pressure Every company in the world is under right now. Mm. Every tech company, every product company, every company affecting the environment. Uh, How many lawsuits against Tesla at the moment? How much 
How, how many? <laughs> yeah. What What's going on with with big tech in Europe right now? Mm-hmm. As an example, you're just looking at your world and thinking it's unfair. It's everywhere. Right. Everybody's getting hit with fines. Everybody's having to tighten up their their promises. Everybody's got to be. So you're not some special snowflake. You know, being you know <laughs> being persecuted. Right. If you're involved in network marketing. Yeah. <laughs> if, if if anything, the regulators have underdone it when it comes to uh, the the over hype that's been going on inside of network marketing. The 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 more we just kind of let the truth be enough, and we give people proper disclaimers on the pro- on products and on the opportunity, let people get the benefits, enjoy that, share it, do it responsibly, the better. So I, I I'm of the belief that regulation is actually helpful even though sometimes it feels unfair because it's not equally handed out to every company that's okay. out there okay. necessarily. There's some that get targeted sometimes unfairly. I, I feel bad for those. Um, but it's everywhere. I mean, all you got to do, if you look at Wall Street Journal, just read through any day of Wall Street Journal and just see who's getting hit. Yeah. Somebody's getting hit by something. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, let's uh, dive into this next one because I think you – you could definitely speak to this. I, This idea of pressure and this aggressive behavior, you've been kind of talking about how some people um, unprofessionally have gone out. Amateurs have gone out, yeah, pressured yeah. people, buy, buy this, right? You got to buy it now. Right, um, right. That sort of pressure and that aggressiveness. You called it the amateur way of approaching people. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the professional ways. Since we're talking about network marketing as a profession, what's the professional way? Everybody, everybody's already used to the amateur way. There's very few times people run across an actual professional. So let's let's dive into that. Well, there, there's this idea that if I get involved in network marketing, I'm, I'm going to have to pressure my friends and family. I'm going to have to make people uncomfortable at Thanksgiving. I'm going to be the one. You know, <laughs> everybody's going to see me coming. <laughs> constantly pitching yeah. uh, at every family gathering. I'm going to be that person. Mm-hmm. And it's true that in network marketing, like like in any kind of entrepreneurial business, no matter what you're going to do, let's say you're going to be a lawyer and you're going to you're going to go hang up your own shingle and you're going to open up a little law office. What are you going to do first? The very first thing you're going to do. Go tell people. You're going to tell everybody, you know, Mm -hmm. first, hey, I just opened up this thing. If you have any legal issues. Uh, I'm happy to help you. If you go start a real estate, get a real estate license, what are you going to do? Go Let everybody, tell everybody know, I'm a realtor. Yep. Are you buying or selling? Please think of me. You know, I could help you if you start your insurance company, if you start, if you open up a dry cleaning service, whatever, you're going to tell your world, hey, I've got this thing over here. I would love it if you'd support me. I'd love it if you checked it out. If I'm as good as somebody else, please use me instead of that other person. If you love it, will you tell your friends? I'd appreciate it. You know what I mean? If you don't like it, I'm not going to be offended. If I'm not, if I'm not a good fit for you, that's what you're going to do, right? Yeah. That's what any entrepreneur is going to do. They, they, if, if you're a graphic designer, you're going to tell the world, you, here's, here's what I do. I'm a graphic designer. So that's where network marketers start as well. They just tell everybody, hey, I've got this product. Um, I, you know, I think it's going to help you, but they overdo it. You know, they, with the claims and the hype and the, you know, you'd be great at this, you know, come be part of my team, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're going to make, we're going to get rich together. There's a little bit difference between 
what a seasoned, mature entrepreneur or professional is going to do versus some, you know, rabid, excited, you know, this is, this is my chance to win the lottery uh, approach. You'd be surprised how simple it really is. Really, it is having a conversation with people like a normal human being. Oh, by the way, I've started this business. Yeah, I'd, love, I'd love it if you found out a little bit about what I did. If it was a fit for you, it'd be fantastic. It'd mean the world if you'd support me. Be my customer one time. Try it out. If you didn't, fine. Fantastic. It's no problem. I just want you to know that I'm here just in case. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if this is a solution for you, fantastic. Financially, we can talk about it. If the, if, for the product, wonderful. But if it's not a fit, that's wonderful too. We have this thing today called social media where we can reach the world and we can find, uh, find people who are naturally looking for something like this and we can let them know. We can tell our story to them. So it's just having a conversation, pivoting that conversation to a business or a product conversation, inviting them to take a look. Here's what I have. I just want you to understand what I've got, right? Presenting it to them in a way that makes sense to them and then answering whatever questions that they have. And if they see an opportunity, fantastic. Let's go, let's go do something together. Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business podcast. And I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing, you've been liking, but here's one thing I want to be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms. Platform, so it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast, just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. Hey, are you working your day job and you find yourself successfully discontent? Yeah, that's right. You got the house, the car, the money, the title, but there's still something missing. Well, guess what? You're not by yourself. And in fact, I found myself there and there are thousands of others just like you, probably sitting in the cube next to you or on your on their way to work just like you are. Well, listen, I decided to create a community. That's right. I have a free newsletter that speaks directly to us. It is called Successfully Discontent. Go to SuccessfullyDiscontent.com right now. It's free. It's a free newsletter. You'll get it every single week. Tips, tricks, strategies, information for those of us who have found ourselves achieving the most in corporate America, but also successfully discontent. Go to successfullydiscontent.com right now. That's successfullydiscontent.com right now. What are you waiting on? Go ahead and go there right now. Grab your phone, go to your browser on your iPad or whatever your mobile device is, wherever you listen to this and go right now to successfullydiscontent.com. Let's get back to the episode. You know, it's interesting that you say that because um, just last week, one of the things that I I posted on social media was that um, people who have a corporate day job have an unfair advantage in this world today. Why is that? The unfair advantage is you are working a day job, getting paid handsomely well for whatever it is that you probably do. Most of my audience are going to be mid-tier to upper in their career. They got the yeah. title, the house, the car, the you know, they got yeah. the, the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But the reason why it's an unfair advantage is because we live in the most technologically advanced moment in history that you can actually reach the world and you can run your work your day job and literally build you a business on the side. Yeah. You literally had you have an unfair advantage. They didn't have that. I guess. I mean, I'll, I'll give you my opinion on this. Okay? Yeah. And it's just my opinion. Um, Some people are really good at multitasking and they're really good at kind of having a bunch of different things that they focus mm-hmm. on. I've never been that person. Okay. 
So I, I literally cannot divide my mind. So I went full time inside of network marketing as fast as way before I should have. Mm -hmm. I, I, I jumped off the cliff and I grew wings on the way down. (laughs) Um, because I mean, there's an old kind of concept of you can't serve two masters. That's right. Right. Yep. So, and I'm working in that job and I'm thinking about, about my business that I want to build. Uh, for me, I'm kind of an all in type of a person. Now I understand that people have responsibilities and they got families and they've got to make sure that they get their pension or they get their retirement or they get their benefits and they got to be responsible. I get it. I, I got involved when I was young, so I, I didn't have the same weight. Yeah. The weight. So that's you didn't real. start at 40 or 45. Yeah. Or, that's yeah. real. That's yeah. real. That's real. Mm-hmm. I started when I was 23. Yeah. So, uh, the weight of real life is, is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I, I took a bite from this apple, I was like, Hmm, I started I mean, almost immediately resenting the work that I had to do in my traditional stuff and, and say, you know what? I, I, when I would normally say yes, I was in my mind already saying no. Yeah. No, I don't want to do it. You know, you, you bring up a good point because, um, corporately Mm -hmm. when you've worked so hard to get the title, Mm -hmm. when you've, uh, worked so hard to move into that neighborhood, you've got your kids where you want them to be. And you hear about this idea of the network marketing profession. It sounds good, Eric, but it's like most people struggle with letting go of that title and that identity over there. Yeah. And there's, there's a couple of things. There's when you're in that situation, which I wasn't in that situation, uh, there's a few risks that you're, that you're going to take. If you want to, if you want to step down this road, Mm Mm-hmm. One is a reputational risk. Oh, he's in one of those things now. Did yeah. you hear? He's in one of those things. What? Really? No. It's not that bad, is it? Oh, man. <laughs> so there's a little bit of reputational risk that yeah. you have to kind of have to deal with because of what I've already just described. And secondly, there's a focus risk, right? So 100%. And, and that focus risk can have an impact on job and everything else. One of the things my wife and I both, uh, for whatever reason, were very risk tolerant. So, and I think that's an entrepreneurial thing. It is because my wife is 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 you all, yeah, and I struggle and di- so bad. Yeah. I man, I there are some risks that she's willing to take that I'm like, yeah, you you gotta you got to talk me through it, but we've all, but we're already out of the plane now. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. and I've had to develop that, but she is, oh, she sees an opportunity. She's like, yes, we're doing it. And I'm out the door already. I don't, I don't make the decision for other people, but nothing makes me more sad than somebody sitting there at, uh, 48 years old. And they're saying, I only have seven more years to retirement to be able to make 60% of what I'm making now. Mm. And inflation is chewing that up. And by the time they get to 55 and they think that they're somewhere, they're living on crumbs. They're living on almost nothing. Yeah. And they're going to sit there, pardon my language, eating shit in a job that does not appreciate them. Yeah. Uh, being tolerated instead of celebrated, working with people they don't like, doing stuff that, that was beyond them a long time ago, 
getting paid 10% of what they're worth because somebody laid out this carrot that was seven years out into the future. Mm. And they're going to give up the seven years of their life in order to be able to exchange it for something that they did. It's not going to be as exciting as they hoped it would be. You know what I mean? So I understand the house and the car and the kids and mm -hmm. the schools and all that stuff. But in truth, when you get beyond the surface of it, what people really have at the end of that month, you know, their, their lifestyle is pretty much built to their income, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they might have a thousand dollars at the end of the month. That's the quality of their whole life after everything. That's the fun they get to have, the vacations they get to have, everything that they get to have. You can make a thousand dollars a month in network marketing pretty easy. Double what you're, what you're making in real money. You say a thousand doesn't, isn't that much? Well, you're getting a thousand after everything's all said and done your real job. You get a thousand on the side. Now it's 2000. It's double the lifestyle, double the fun, double the vacations, double the retirement income, yeah. double the amount you can invest, all of that. So, you know, look, I became unemployable a long time ago. <laughs> um, I have a, a soft spot in my heart for a person that's in a, in a job that does not appreciate them. I call it being successfully discontent. Oh, you know, how many do you think fit that category? Yeah. That are listening to you right now. They're making money. Yep. But, but they, they're not getting up excited in the morning. No. They, every, every time Monday morning comes around, they're like, oh. It, it, yeah. So Sunday night, you're dreading Monday morning. Monday morning, you can't wait till Friday. Yeah. And you play that game over and over and over again, week after week, month after month, year after year. Yeah. It's uh, for me. I've lost track of the days of the week a long time ago. Days of the week are literally meaningless, meaningless to me. Um, other than when other, when I can do things with other people, mm. you know, when they become available, Yeah. but I don't think about it at all. Every, every day is an adventure. Every day is exciting. You're an entrepreneur, you're creating things, you're solving problems, you're fixing stuff. There's stress. Yeah, sure. But you know, you're going to make, make stuff happen, solve problems, find out what you're made of. Yeah. You know? That's, that's the adventure for me. Being able to sit inside of a cubicle or an office or even working from home and having to sit in some Zoom and listen to some yo-yo tell me whatever they're telling me in some three-hour meeting that should have lasted 10 minutes long. <laughs> Good uh, point. <laughs> and I got to sit there with a smile on my face. Like I want to make a loop of that video and just post it into the Zoom so mm -hmm. they think I'm there <laughs> nodding and agreeing. Um, that, that just would not be fun for me. Just, it would, I think life's an adventure. You got to live it best you can. All respect to the people who are taking care of their families. Mm -hmm. um, but I would just, if I could whisper in your ear, there's, there's more in, your, in, in you than you've given yourself credit for. And instead of selling yourself at five cents on the dollar, you know, you could sell yourself at a hundred cents on the dollar. Yeah. You know, but, you, but it, takes, it takes a leap. It takes some faith it takes guts to yeah. be an entrepreneur yeah you you know um listening to you talk uh there's there's something that you do every time i hear you state this and i'm gonna tell you what it is that you do you tend to smile um <laughs> you met your wife inside of the network marketing mm -hmm, profession mm -hmm. and every time you mention marina you you always smile yeah what what was it about her 
that as you're you're on the rise at this point, how, where were you like in your business? What I'm, was going I'm a million on at this dollar point? earner. Million you're a million dollar, dollar earner. Yeah, traveling the world. You're traveling the world. You're getting you're you're known within your world of what's happening. Mm-hmm. People are starting to recognize there's that guy Eric Worre. Mm-hmm. Then you meet Marina. What what was that like? And how did and how <laughs> does and this is what I'm getting at? How do two people? Who are you guys are both business minded. Yep. How do you how do you build a successful relationship? Because there's also a lot of people who are listening and watching us today who they're like, man, I would love to be able to build something with my husband. Man, I would love to be able to build something with my spouse. What is that like building a business with your wife? I I would say it's not for everybody. Hmm. I don't. You know, some people are just not wired that way. Yeah. That I've noticed. You know, they want to go do their thing and they want their spouse to either be supportive or, you know, they turn off after business hours and they, you know, they don't talk about right. you know, what they're building, what they're doing. So you and Marina can talk business all day long. Yeah. All I mean, day. It's, it's life. It's not business. It's not personal. It's just all life. Gotcha. Everything's okay. life every right. day. Mm-hmm. Solving problems, making stuff happen, working things out, figuring things out. Um, she's got things that she's better at than I am. I have things that maybe, you know, I think I'm better at than, than, than she is. Uh, it doesn't make one of us greater or lesser than, uh, we collaborate, but for those that want to, Mm -hmm. I will tell you how to get there. Um, you have to start on a foundation of mutual respect in everything that you do and say, if you're not respectful to each other, I think your relationship is going to be troubled, let's say, or Mm -hmm. less than optimal. Respect has to be there. Second is communication and over-communication. You got to talk about everything, 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 everything. Um, And that's something that is respectful to do to, you know, because most people like, Oh, you know, I, I don't need to tell. Uh, her about that, or I don't need to tell him about it. He doesn't need to know nothing about that. You know, it's, I'm just saying respect, number one, communication, two, and three, that builds trust. And once you have those three things, you know, now you can go solve any problem. Now you can go figure things out. And I think it helps if you have common interests and you find things that you enjoy to do together and that, that type of stuff. But, um, you know, we met in the network marketing profession her sister was translating for me on stage. I was doing an event in Moscow. Really? She, yeah. What her, year was this? Oh, gosh. Before, uh, 15, uh, 2008. Wow. So 15 years ago. Um, so her sister was translating on stage. And uh, Alexi, who's sitting over there, was sitting in the audience. Um, and they needed somebody to help translate backstage. And Marina was came to that event to potentially be the country manager for the, for Ukraine, for the company that I work. Wow. Yeah. So, and she was like backstage translating and she's a knockout. And I found out real quick, she's a knockout who's really, really smart. And, uh, one thing led to another and, you know, we, we found out we, I, I was a bunch of her never evers. One was never ever, uh, you know, somebody outside of Ukraine, and really never this and never that, and never this and never that, and never this and never that. <laughs> That's Thank cool. Thank goodness. So, uh, yeah, so it's worked out great. Um, and, and we enjoy working together. So, uh, you know, 
as entrepreneurs, you have your moments. Yeah. But our risk tolerance is, is very similar. So we, we can operate pretty well. Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business podcast. And I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing, you've been liking, but here's one thing I want to be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms. So it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast. Just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. Hey, are you working your day job and you find yourself successfully discontent? Yeah, that's right. You got the house, the car, the money, the title, but there's still something missing. Well, guess what? You're not by yourself. And in fact, I found myself there and there are thousands of others just like you, probably sitting in the cube next to you or on your on their way to work just like you are. Well, listen, I decided to create a community. That's right. I have a free newsletter that speaks directly to us. It is called Successfully Discontent. Go to successfullydiscontent.com right now. It's free. It's a free newsletter. You'll get it every single week. Tips, tricks, strategies, information for those of us who have found ourselves achieving the most in corporate America, but also successfully discontent. Go to successfullydiscontent.com right now. That's successfullydiscontent.com right now. What are you waiting on? Go ahead and go there right now. Grab your phone, go to your browser on your iPad or whatever your mobile device is, wherever you listen to this and go right now to successfullydiscontent.com. Let's get back to the episode. So um, there was a time where Eric Worre says, enough of this business. I know I'm making a million a year with this thing. I want to switch from working in the industry to on the entire industry. Yeah. What, give me the rundown. How did, did you wake up one morning and you were just like, yeah, I think I want to go now tackle the whole industry. What happened to give you the inkling that this might be something that I can tackle? Well, and who was doing it, by the way, at that time? Who was actually working on the industry that you respected? There was only a few people. There's uh, John K. Lynch was one guy. Okay. Uh, Being the best you can be in MLM, he wrote this book series, and he was a good guy. Um, Mark Yarnell wrote this book, uh, Your First Year in Network Marketing, I think, uh, was the name of the book. And there's just a couple other authors. Okay. Not, Not very much going on. But I was... In my career, I trained a lot of people in my team. Like I said, a huge organizations. And I learned how to communicate, how to train, what were the principles. I did become an expert. I became a professional. I was able to teach other people how to do it. I had my own style of how I was going to do it. Worked for me, worked for them. Um, 2008 comes along and I start noticing what's going on with the internet. And not the internet specifically, but social media in the internet. I started asking around like, hmm, but you know, this, this looks like it's, it's going to be something. And I remember joining Facebook and my kids who were teenagers at the time. They're like, if you join Facebook, we're quitting because (laughs) you're going to be a creepy old guy. This, this is for kids. It's for students. It's not for everybody else. Leave, you know, we're blocking you if you do it. Like, no, I think I see something. And I started asking around who's, who's doing something uh, using social media. And uh, a bunch of names came up. Gary Vaynerchuk was one of the names that came up. Okay. So I called Gary's office and said, you know, look, I'd like to pay you for a couple hours of your time. 
Um, I'd like to pick your brain. He was doing a wine. Yes, taste, he had his wine tasting. A thing. wine on tasting. T- on, thing yeah, he was showing wine library. Uh-huh. Uh, he was tasting wine every day. This kid from New Jersey. So I flew out to New Jersey, sat down with him for a couple hours. Really? Yeah. And I said, okay, tell me what you're doing with that. I'm, I've got this idea. Maybe I'll do what you're doing for wine, but I'll do it for network marketing just for fun. See what happens. Um, and my idea was Jim Rohn was a personal development uh, author and speaker and one of my mentors and heroes growing up and he's passed away. But, uh, I was, I, I kept wondering if, if Mr. Rohn had a video camera following him around all of his adventures, oh my goodness. capturing his wow. life and what was going on. And, and that was posted somewhere that would be a nice little legacy so that was my whole vision hmm. so i just said you know what i'm going to start I, I i met with gary in february 2009 i started march 2009 and just started putting videos out no agenda no nothing to buy nothing to join and probably put out i don't know 200 250 videos wow first year yeah and then we started doing events and we started helping other people and and um and then the company that I was working with got in a big, huge fight with their investors. And I was like, oof, it doesn't look like there's going to be a future here. The investors and the, and the corporate staff got in this huge fight. I said, oh, this is not going to end well. So I said, you know what, guys, you know, I'm going to pass. Bye. Uh, I wish you the best. And, you know, sure enough, they went out of business. Uh, shortly. Well, I'm sure that sent a ripple effect through things. Uh, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, it happens sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. uh, corporate and executive staff or investors get in fights, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the investors force out the corporate guys. And sometimes, you know, there's power struggles that happen inside of companies and sometimes yeah. it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. In that situation, I, I saw that wasn't going to work out. And by that time, the following had kind of been building and I, I was finding uh, great joy in helping people in general around the world. So I said, you know what, I'm going to just kind of lean in and see if I can't make a difference with the hundred million or so that are involved in the profession, see if I can ha- raise their skills, raise their beliefs, raise their standards. But at that time, how well were you received? Cause I would imagine not well, because most people probably felt like, Oh, here comes Eric trying to poach into yeah, my yeah, company. Yeah. Oh, there was here a lot comes of that. Eric. Right. Like, so how did you deal with that? Because I'm- I just ignored it. Okay. I mean, uh, it's, it's the assumption was for somebody outside of network marketing, there's a lot of these companies. And the assumption was I'm this known guy who's putting out content generically for the whole profession. I'm going to build up a list. I'm going to start my own company. I will take everybody. Okay. Gotcha. Or I was going to join some other company. <laughs> right. And, and bring I'm going to take them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah. take all your people. All right. Keep your, keep your, keep your children close because he's going to get them all. And right. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm never going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm retired from that. I, I promise you a, a thousand times. And, and people didn't believe me for, years was that not enticing though to because of the following that you started building the the fact that you could garner such attention i could but it would have been dishonest it would have been dishonest it would have been a trojan horse type of a way to Mm -hmm. to uh you know and i've made my mistakes over the course of my career things that i wish i would have done better being Mm -hmm. super hyper aggressive in my 20s um things that i wish i could take back uh but in this particular situation it's like no i'm going to serve the profession and Part of me is like, people don't trust me, fine. Uh, eventually they will. Or people don't believe me, fine. Eventually they will. I think now, today, uh, people know. I mean, the whole world kind of would, knows. And most people in network marketing know who I am. Uh, the whole world knows Eric would be insane. It would be, it would be foolish to it do it It would now. be so dumb. Yeah. 
to do that. He's just going to continue well, to serve however he can. I will say that, uh, you know, and I mentioned it in my opening. I mean, uh, the first time I meet you is here. Hmm. And I was skeptical. I didn't know. I didn't know because I didn't know what I didn't know. Sure. Right. I, all Fair. I knew was, hey, uh, he's got, you know, this, you know, this mastermind. He he ensures that, you know, he's going to be teaching. And I'm thinking, OK, let's see what he's got. Right. And it was very true for me. The very first 10 minutes, the fact that you were willing to look people in the eye. This wasn't a song and dance. You've seen those things before, right? Sure. Oh, come to my whatever. Fancy but it's stuff. really about. There was none of that. Yeah. You weren't here trying to grab clicks and go viral. You weren't. It was. I mean, within. And I, I, I literally, I kid you not. I was looking at my watch when you went up. It's like 23 minutes in. We're already teaching. Mm -hmm. Let's go. You started with. Here's where we are right now as a profession. Mm -hmm. Like that's where you started. And I went, okay, this guy's different. Yeah. Okay. He's cut from something. Well, different. I mean, here's, here's the, the juice for me now, the juice for me now and, and successful people will find this. It's very empty. And I'm, I'm talking to the, the, the very successful now, the ones that are millionaires, they got their money in the bank. They got their retirement fund. They got all this stuff. They got all the stuff. They got the house, they got the cars, they got, you know, the retirement account, the, you know, the airplane, whatever they got. It's very empty. And I know it's cliche to say, you know, it, it, it's, it feels strange when you get all the stuff that you always wanted to get, but it feels very strange. Why is it empty though? After Be you've worked so hard because, well, I'll, I'll, I'll explain. I think if you do it just for that, it's very empty and you get cynical and you get protective and you get almost a little, uh, isolated. Okay. You get judged all kinds of stuff's going on. Uh, your family looking at you different. Everybody's got their hand out. Everybody's, you know, trying to, to pick away at the carcass and you, uh, they're trying to get their piece. They're yeah. trying to play you all that stuff. It's all happening. But once you get to a certain level, if you can find a place where you can contribute from that place, that's super good. Mm. Because to, to accumulate is one thing. To contribute is another thing. If you accumulate, accumulate, you become like the Dead Sea. There's nothing. But if you can contribute, there's fuel that comes from contribution. Mm. Especially if you can contribute to another person's life. If you can help somebody else. Now you can do that in boys club and girls club. You can do that in some different charity organizations. Right. And some people scratch the itch when they're successful with their philanthropy, mm -hmm. but they find out pretty soon they're, they're kind of only viewed as a pay uh, as, as a checkbook. Hmm. They're not really viewed as a mentor or a contributor. They get their name up on the thing. They get a brick up on, right, the, right. on the, the, the stadium, yeah. you know, thanks to the blankety blank family. <laughs> um, but real contribution, the fact that you are connected with somebody else's life, their life is better. That's a different kind of fuel. So what fuels me today, what makes me happy today, two things, if I'm growing and if I'm contributing and I, and both have to be in place. Um, a lot of people earn, they stop growing. They get really restless. They don't know why. Hmm. Um, or talk about that. What is that? What is, what is that? What's happening in those moments? Well, Think about the average person that works in a job. Um, 
Pick a job, any job. Um, let's take an accountant. Accountant. How long does it take that accountant to learn that job? It could literally take a couple of months. Couple of months. How how long does it take him to become world class? Decades. Mm, really? I mean, if they really focus to become great. Okay, to be great, maybe three to five years. Okay, three to five years. Yeah. Let's say that they become an accountant at twenty five, and three to five years later, they're 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 great at thirty. Where do they go when it comes to growth? Hmm. All they're going to do is repeat that same thing. They might they might learn some new tax law, yeah. Right. They might get some updates on some loopholes, yeah. There might be some strategies, yeah. But they're doing boom, boom, yeah. stamp, stamp. Right. Boom. They're in a they're like little in a factory repeating the huh. same words okay. to the same people who just yell attend at the same the conferences, same thing, attend this you know same nonsense. Same they're award. bored yeah. out of their skulls. Interesting. You know, and they might grow their business. Let's say they want to grow their CPA practice or something. They build yeah. a big, big practice. Well, now they have to minimize the opportunity of everybody that works for them so they can maximize their opportunity. Whoa. They have to. That's how you run a business. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, it's true, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Pay, pay them just enough so they don't quit. So don't quit. Yeah. Right. And they'll do just enough so they don't get fired. But you're going to get the maximum from them to get the to maximum get what, from yeah. them. You'll you'll kick them out if you need to. Right. Whatever you learn to be wow. ruthless if you have to. Um, so are you growing? Once once you become great, are you growing anymore? Hmm. After thirty, how are you growing? You know, t- tell me, tell me how that accountant grows from thirty to sixty, other than just older. Interesting. Wow. They just repeat, repeat, repeat. Yeah. Okay. So, and then contribution, who are they contributing to? The clients that are ungrateful? (laughs) The employees that are complaining all the time? Right. Wow. So they kind of close in on themselves. They go, that's why you you hear all these stories. You know, what's it all about? Why am I here? You know, I did all this work. I got here and I thought I'd be happier than I am. Uh, I became a millionaire. I thought that would be a big deal. I thought somebody throw a parade or there'd be something. There'd be a, you know, fireworks or something. No, I just became a millionaire and just sitting there in, in an account. And you know, nobody, the only thing that changed is people are asking me for more money. More money. And maybe you're, the only other thing that changes is you just got more options. You got more options. You got choices. You got more course. choices. You know, you got, you got choices. Got, yeah. But if you have growth and contribution at scale, I mean, life stays interesting. That's what seemed uh, to be kind of that threefold chord you talked about for you. Um, here at this recruiting challenge that you did, hmm. you seemed alive. You yeah, seemed. I, I want to help. I really do. Yeah, I live for the tap on the shoulder. You know, I, I travel around the world, do different stuff. I get a tap on the shoulder. Excuse me, you don't know me, but I read that book and I yeah, I, I, I listen to this thing and I follow you here and I I part of that mastermind and I went and changed my life and you don't know it, but a hundred thousand people's lives were affected because of you. And I, I just want to say I'm grateful. I live for that. I mean, mm. that's what's fun for me. Yeah. Um, so most people in jobs or even in careers, they they are counting the days till they're retired. Till it's over. Till re, till they're retired. Yeah. Counting the days. God, I can't wait. You see that even with military people, they're like, "Oh, I only got two more years of service, oh, the, and I'm or seven more it's years." Part and of the I'm culture. Out. Yeah. It's part of the culture. Or I'm X number of years in. Yeah. Either way. You know, pride or anticipation. <laughs> yeah, good point. One of yeah. the two, right? Yeah. And and I and and respect. 
for, yeah. for all for everybody in the military protecting us. But I will tell you, for me, when do I want to stop growing, and when do I want to stop contributing? Mm. Is there a day? Wow. Because here's what I know: as soon as I, as soon as I, as one of the two are not in place, I'm immediately restless. Like mm. if I haven't learned something lately, I'm I'm bored and and repeating stuff. If if I'm not contributing, if I don't feel the contribution, if I don't get the feedback loop of being able to help somebody, then I'm restless again. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. This is it's what puts the juice in life for me is is growth and contribution. Whatever you're doing, yeah. find find a way. And you might not be able to get it through your job or even through your business. You might have to maximize your your opportunity to minimize other people's. I get it. Um, but find growth and contribution somewhere, whether it's through a conference or some self-help or or personal introspection or developing some new skill or finding some people to mentor or groups to contribute to in some meaningful way, not just a check. Cause you'll, you'll get bitter. They ask you for the check. You give them the check. You, they don't, they're not really that grateful. They just ask you for the check next time. Wow. Forget you. I mean, you'll get bitter, hmm. but find someone you want to live forever. Pour a little piece of yourself into somebody else and, and let that grow. You know, that that's how you live for a long time. Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business podcast. And I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing. You've been liking. But here's one thing I want to be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms. So it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast. Just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. Hey, are you working your day job and you find yourself successfully discontent? Yeah, that's right. You got the house, the car, the money, the title, but there's still something missing. Well, guess what? You're not by yourself. And in fact, I found myself there and there are thousands of others just like you, probably sitting in the cube next to you or on your on their way to work just like you are. Well, listen, I decided to create a community. That's right. I have a free newsletter that speaks directly to us. It is called Successfully Discontent. Go to SuccessfullyDiscontent.com right now. It's free. It's a free newsletter. You'll get it every single week. Tips, tricks, strategies, information for those of us who have found ourselves achieving the most in corporate America, but also successfully discontent. Go to successfullydiscontent.com right now. That's successfullydiscontent.com right now. What are you waiting on? Go ahead and go there right now. Grab your phone, go to your browser on your iPad or whatever your mobile device is, wherever you listen to this and go right now to successfullydiscontent.com. Let's get back to the episode. You know, I, I've watched you, um, you know, you, you've expanded your, your own network. It's like, you've never, yeah, I'm never not messing stopped. around. You, you know, uh, Tom Bill, you, yeah. Um, Alex Hermosi. Sure. Um, you know, uh, the, the Dean Grazioni's, the Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. Um, and what's interesting when I see the fact that you are intentional with, with these people, What's something that you're learning from these, you know, wildly successful people in their own right and what they're doing? What are the keys that you're picking up that is able to help you 
continue to serve the network marketing profession? Well, I'm not a clout chaser. Uh, there's a lot of clout chasers out there mm -hmm. that just want to get a selfie with somebody famous in order to be able to try and be a little more famous. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of celebrities that I've, and, and influencers that I've met that you'll never hear about, um, because I'm, our values don't align. Um, but the ones that do align, I try to bring as much value as I can into those relationships, um, because it helps me grow. And because it gives me the ability to contribute at a higher level, uh, like some of the ones that you mentioned, and there's others, what they've done for me, like one, one recently is Dana White, Dana White, yeah, UFC yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. Um, that we become friends and, and the guy is a badass. He's just an absolute badass <laughs> and one of the nicest guys in the world and one of the biggest problem solvers in the world and a kick-ass entrepreneur and a big thinker. So you know what inspires me? Getting around people who think bigger than I do. I, once I start, I told Marina last night, I'm like, man, I'm still kind of humbled by the fact that I have been playing so small in comparison to my capability. Wow. Totally. I'm, I'm telling Even you. Even with what you've accomplished thus oh, far. Oh, it's nothing. It's just peanuts. Wow. In comparison to what I could do and I will do. Yeah. I mean, I got a lot of runway left. Yeah. Okay. So the ability to get around people who think bigger than you, if you're the biggest thinker in your group, that's a real problem. Real problem. Mm -hmm. You got to get around people who absolutely mess your head up and go, oh my gosh, I've been, I've been playing like a, a little kid. I got to get going. So that's the biggest thing I get is, I learned something, it's a different perspective, different way to look at it, different way of looking at business, doing business, whatever. Um, I've learned to separate the things that I'm not a fan of from some people, from the things that, that I am a fan of. In other words, they don't have to be 100% congruent for them to give me some value. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? That's hard. I know it's hard, it's, um, but I will just tell you, it's still, it's still true. You can get disillusioned. Some people say, don't meet your mentors because you're going to get disappointed. I'm just telling you, learn to to pull the best from those. Eat the fish resources. and leave the bones. Yep. And leave the stuff, like just like you did with your parents. Yeah. Try to leave the stuff that you don't want to pass on right. and take the stuff that you do. I've learned to do that in friendships. Now, there's some are close, close friends mm -hmm. that are, our values align very, very closely. And some yeah. are more distant and some are very distant. But I'll still pull the value. Yeah. I'll still learn. Yeah. I'll still grow from it. You yeah. know what I mean? That's, that's awesome. Well, listen, last thing I, I want to ask here, because you, your time is valuable and I, and I appreciate um, this conversation. Um, when you think about the future of network marketing as mm -hmm. a profession, let's look 10, 20 years down the road, 50 years down the road. What do you see? I see word of mouth advertising and the need to educate the consumer is never going away. So the consumer is always going to be need to get educated about something. Um, and companies and organizations will have different ways to educate the consumer. And word of mouth is always going to be powerful. So I think there's going to be a place for this channel of distribution for a long, long time. Who knows what form it's going to take? You know, 20 years ago, nobody was talking about uh, 
social media or the internet. Right. <laughs> and now it's a major part of the distribution of a lot of things. So who knows what's going to happen with AI? Who knows what's going to happen with, with different technology, diff different distribution, different products. But I think word of mouth and uh, the need for education between a company and a product and a consumer, the network marketing can, can bridge that gap. Uh, I think it needs to grow up the profession. I think it's, it's also playing small. I think the 200 billion that it does could be 10 times that. Really? Sure. Should be, should yeah. be, should be. We have to do better at launching people. We have to do better at teaching people how to be professionals. We have to do better at teaching people how to, how to build a career and do it right. Um, we have to be better at all those things. So we're you still, feel that education is the foundation of what could lift this entire profession? I, I, education and implementation. I mean, you can mm -hmm. teach somebody, right. but uh, it's a matter of what are the standards going to be? Yeah. Okay. You know, when somebody comes in, are they going to be brought in properly with good expectations? Are they going to be giving a, a good launch strategy that gives them a chance for success? You know, 90% of all realtors that get a real estate license never sell one home. Do you know that? That is true. Okay. So we can't force people to be successful. Right. But if we can improve our numbers on a small level, instead of people coming in and coming out, you know, they, they join for a little bit and they, then they leave for a little bit and they have a little bit of product yeah. at home, you know, <laughs> to use for themselves. And we teach people that this is a career path. Most people are looking for a way to have a side hustle to work from home. This, there's nothing that beats this for nothing in the world. I'll, I'll debate anyone, anytime, anywhere. You show me any business for the average person, okay, that doesn't have a lot of money, doesn't have a lot of experience, doesn't have a lot of time, doesn't have a lot of support on their own, mm -hmm. okay? Um, show me something that has a lower price of entry, a higher potential upside, the, the ability to have more scale and have more influence and positively affect, affect other people, customers and partners in your business. Mm. Show, show me something that beats it. I, I would love to debate you. Mm. I don't think it exists anywhere on earth. If you have a million dollars, you've got options. Right. You know? Uh, and for most people, it's an option to lose that million. That's How what they're going to do. You know, half the people who come in with a million dollar business, they start with a million bucks, 50% are out of business in 12 months. Wow. 50%. The average oh. small business owner puts in $55,000 to start a business and half of those fail in the first 12 months, 97% fail in the first 10 years, 3% succeed. That doesn't mean they're happy. They just are still Great around. Point. Okay. Okay. So you might say, well, don't go into business then. Well, take a look at who's making all the money. Yeah. It's people who figure that out. This is the average person's best chance to flex your entrepreneurial muscle. In my opinion, it's a lot of side hustles, a lot of people's skill sets, but whatever you do, find a way to, 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 put scale into it, find a way to continue to grow and find a way to contribute. And then I think you'll be happy. Man. Wow. Listen, um, Eric, you are, let me first say, um, thank you for not quitting. Mm. You've had your opportunities to quit when you were young. You've had opportunities to quit before any of this ever would have existed. Um, I say that because then I think about how many people would not have had the experiences they had in their life if you would have said, I'm done. I just thank God that I didn't have a choice 
most of those times. There you go. In the early stages, I yeah. didn't have a lot of options. Some people out there have all kinds of options, and because of that, they stay stuck in a situation that they that they weren't meant to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I used to sell peanuts at the Metrodome. Uh, wow. The you know peanuts get your peanuts. yeah, <laughs> and I got fired for selling selling peanuts because I hit 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 somebody in the face with a bag of peanuts. Cause you hit somebody in the face selling well, the thing. I that- was throwing, throwing the peanuts yeah. to the person and the person didn't catch it. It hit somebody in the face. And, wow. and so I got fired. Right. And I often think back if instead of firing me, if they would have made me the president of the Hubert H Humphrey Metrodome and the CEO of the commission, uh, the, the commissary company that yeah. was selling all the food and beverage. And they gave me a, uh, $100,000 a year salary. I wonder where I'd be. The Metrodome's wow. not here anymore, right? I wonder where I'd be versus getting kicked out for my little minimum wage job. Wow. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I'm grateful for uh, all the things that had to happen for me to not have too many choices. Mm-hmm. And then once I found success on my own, and then once I found growth and contribution, then it's fuel that lasts forever, you know? So you don't have to worry about me going anywhere. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be here until I'm not meant to be here anymore, yeah. but uh, uh, I'm going to contribute as much as I possibly can in the meantime. Well, listen, you and your wife are uh, just incredible. I'm, I'm glad to have met you where I have, when I did, we're going to grow old together as we say, yeah. and um, we're going to have some fun along the way. So listen, y'all, those of you who've been watching this episode, if you enjoyed this, do me a favor. Down in the comments, whether it's on YouTube or wherever you caught this at, even if you're just listening to the audio, leave a review, share with us, leave Eric some quotables, some things that really stuck out to you from this interview. More importantly, here's the kicker. If you have ever thought, wondered if you can build something and you already have your business inside of network marketing and you are trying to grow your profession. Let me tell you something right now. I'm saying this. He didn't ask me to say this. I'm telling you, you need to plug into the things that he is doing because he's honest about that. He's not trying to steal anybody. What he's trying to do is make sure that there's another person out there who finds success and who feels like they have support inside of this profession. So grab a hold of everything. Where could they go? What would be the first place you would tell people to start? Uh, Networkmarketingpro.com or goproacademy.com. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you all for being here. Thank you, Eric. This has been great. You all have a great, incredible day. And until we see you guys in the next one, listen, go take what you learned today and go do something with it. Take massive action with what you heard today. Take care, everybody. Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business podcast, and I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing, you've been liking, but here's one thing I want to be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms. So it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast. Just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. 
Hey, are you working your day job and you find yourself successfully discontent? Yeah, that's right. You got the house, the car, the money, the title, but there's still something missing. Well, guess what? You're not by yourself. And in fact, I found myself there and there are thousands of others just like you, probably sitting in the cube next to you or on your on their way to work just like you are. Well, listen, I decided to create a community. That's right. I have a free newsletter that speaks directly to us. It is called Successfully Discontent. Go to SuccessfullyDiscontent.com right now. It's free. It's a free newsletter. You'll get it every single week. Tips, tricks, strategies, information for those of us who have found ourselves achieving the most in corporate America, but also successfully discontent. Go to successfullydiscontent.com right now. That's successfullydiscontent.com right now. What are you waiting on? Go ahead and go there right now. Grab your phone, go to your browser on your iPad or whatever your mobile device is, wherever you listen to this and go right now to successfullydiscontent.com. Let's get back to the episode.